Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. This is The Reality Is, the podcast where filter becomes extinct. And the studio's full today, people. The studio is full, man. We got a lot of content we're going to try and cover um, on today's show. I am your host, Anthony Roberts, and I have no self-proclaimed name, but just know I don't play no games when I'm behind this mic. And in the same sentence, all I do is play games and have fun in the studio when I am behind this mic. Welcome to episode 59 of the podcast, for real though. Uh, we got guest Marvell McFadden coming in uh, into the studio to chop it up with us today, man, and talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about religion. Last month, we talked about relationships. This month, we are going to address relationships. See, the reality is I made a mistake. We are going to address religion. And uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things, man. But before we start the podcast, I want to talk about the Put Them On Notice segment. I'm addressing Jim Herndon of Own Location Portraiture. So... The reason I have an issue with this is because I know our consultant, Artesia, went to a Crown Royal private event and she was a special guest invited out to come out to this uh, to this event. Uh, podcasting on the brand I'm sorry but to come out to this event and she came out to the event did her little thing you know tasted some uh, some of the liquor and the brandies and uh, the cognacs that are only exclusively in Dallas and in New York at this time for the Crown Royal special and she was in a lot of pictures getting to know people talking to people the only black person there and this week when she decided to look at the website to see what the pictures were and how they turned out she realized that she had been cropped her black skin had been cropped out of every goddamn picture now, Jim Herndon, you are responsible for this, you piece of shit. So we're going to put you on notice. This is our uh, version of uh, Breakfast Club's Donkey of the Day. This is our version of uh, Sick Fuck of the Week for the Michael Rappaport podcast. Put them on fucking notice, you piece of grimy, dirty, extra fries in my bag, sandwich eating, clam chowder smelling, mullet wearing motherfucker own location portraiture that's who he works for i would fucking call them to take pictures or do anything for an event that i'm hosting if he was the last fucking motherfucker on earth and that's just me talking about that i know we're talking about religion up on this podcast but had to put that out there i also want to give a shout out to kim from louisiana who emailed saying you definitely have the gift of gab i enjoy listening to your podcast and continued blessings for you gabrielle and the rest of the show i also want to give a shout out to miss carolyn at my everyday nine to five she spoke life into me this week by saying i am very impressed with you and everything that you do i'm one of those people who feels like if you are impressed with someone you should tell them because the pick me up may come in handy one day i do believe that she also gave me my quote of the week that's no hill for a stepper what the hell does that mean that means the issues that you are dealing with in life that is easy for you because you are strong enough to do it but that's no hill for a stepper that kind of threw me off it was great i also want to give a crazy story before i get into the podcast i was driving around in dallas this week so a white man uh, and people always say, why you got to say race? Because it's crazy. So I need to attribute who it came from. Saw this white guy riding his motorcycle over in Dallas. He was leaning to the side. I thought he was getting ready to do some tricks as I passed by his ass. 
I'm like, why is he leaning? I passed by him and he got a dog on his bike with him. And I'm not talking about a bike where you pedal. I am talking about a motor vehicle, a Kawasaki or a, a, a fucking Harley Davidson motorcycle. He had his dog in the front and he was riding bitch to his bitch. Don't ask me. I don't know. I was like, hi. I wanted to know, was it a male, male dog or a female dog? How was he riding on that motorcycle that way? How did he hang on? The dog had his hands on the handlebar. He had his hand on the dog's hand on the handlebar like it was a woman sitting behind a man caressing his hand driving or riding the bike. Shit was crazy. All right, man. That's all I got to say. We had a great podcast. And the funny thing about it is this podcast is so good and so special to me because I did it alongside Marvell McFadden, my hometown mentor, my hometown hero. He drove all the way from Texarkana, which is about a four hour drive to Dallas today to do this podcast with me. And he turned right back around and drove home. Marvell, Mr. McFadden, when you listen to this podcast, I want you to know that I love you. I appreciate you. I thank you for driving down here, taking out the time to be here. You was just as surprised to see me as I was to see you. And when I saw you walk into the studio, I said, man, it literally felt like a homecoming. It felt like I was seeing my father. And I want to tell you, I got a little choked up, but I didn't show it. <clears throat> I had to man up in that thing. But I want to tell you, man, I love you, man, from the bottom of my heart. Uh, much respect to to your beautiful wife, Wanda. Thank you for allowing him. Yes, I said allowing him because men don't realize we don't get to do nothing if a woman don't allow us to do it. So. Miss McFadden, I appreciate you for allowing him to come down and do this podcast with me. Hey, man, without further ado, let's go up. Let's get to the podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy. We're going to start about 10 minutes into the podcast because I made a mistake and did not push the lock talk button to record the first 15 minutes of the show, which is why you just got a five-minute intro. Boom. There you go. Gotcha. Let's go up. Have a good one. If one more label try to stop me, it's going to be some dreadhead niggas in your lobby. I know it don't always manifest itself in, in ways uh, that everybody approves of when you do that. I mean, mm -hmm. but you got to have your own relationship. So that's how I think I differ from most preachers or most ministers because I feel like that everybody's got his own story. We all came from different nests. You know, mm -hmm. you've all got things in your life. you got some things in your life that you're not going to tell me. I don't care how I talk to you about it. Yeah. But well, uh, you know what? I don't know. I may talk to you. Well, you might. <laughs> I wanted to say this, too, because we just we had our producer come in, and it's my fault. I think it was from the tribe of Judah, if you ask me, because I didn't take the lock talk button off. So the first 10 minutes we just talked about wasn't on air. Wow. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I just realized it was off. Thank you to our, that was uh, the best part. Right? Yeah, it was. Our engineer. <laughs> we can go home now. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Shout out to right. That's it. Well, that's it. I'm sure it was. So until tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so forgot to leave. Yeah. So who was it? Mama that reached out to you and said she couldn't hear nothing. And it was on. Mama, I know you're listening. Where were you? Well, no, she was. She was, was like, she wasn't listening. Where your ass is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, so for the people, we've been going on for about 10 minutes. I will rehash what we're doing real quick. You know, the podcast, we're here. It's this me. It's episode 59. Right. <laughs> what it is. Anthony Gabriel. It's Gabriel. We have my good friend, Marvell McFadden, all the way from Texas, Arkansas. And uh, he's here to talk to us about religion today. I do still have to later. 
Um, I'll probably do it at the beginning of the podcast when I edit it before I put it out. But Jim Herndon, you're going to get it. Yeah. I ain't letting you get off. So yeah. I'll do my rant when I get home and yeah. do it. So we what we're talking about right now, we're talking about uh, religion and uh Mr. McFadden is introducing himself and talking to us about his belief in religion and why he is so passionate about religion. Now, I, want, I know one thing that you did when you were in Texas County. You were on TV. Uh, was it Channel 13? Can I think it, it was? was like, yeah, one of the local channels, and you did Thirsting After Righteousness. Mm-hmm. What was that show based, uh, based upon? The same thing. My insatiable desire to know who God really is for myself. Yeah. That's what that was about. And that, that, that is a, a perpetual pursuit for me. I'm still doing that today because God is infinite. We're finite. Obviously, we can't know. Uh, you know, we can't know God the way we claim to know him. So I, I'm constantly in pursuit of who God really is from a spiritual perspective. Uh-huh. Because the Bible says that God is a spirit. You know, he's not, you know, so I'm constantly in pursuit of trying to know him better. Yeah. Uh, even though when I first got born again, I realized that there was something supernatural about God. Mm-hmm. And supernatural simply means what it implies. It's supernatural. It's not natural. And I wanted to know him from that vantage point. And yeah. I still do. Because yeah. I think all everything about God is anchored in the concept that he is supernatural. Yeah. So, Gabriel, we're going to get into religion. What is? Do you believe in God? I think you do. Absolutely. I don't think you're an atheist. I'm not. Baptist or Christian? Baptist. I'm, and this is, I wanted to save it for the podcast because me and him were talking a couple weeks ago and he was like, I want to know how you feel about God. He's like, I've listened to a couple Mm -hmm. of podcasts. He's like, and I've heard some of the things that you've had to say. Mm -hmm. For me, I believe in God. I do. But I am not a religious person. I no longer tie my name to religion, not Christianity, not Baptist, but I do believe in the principles of it and the basis of which I was raised on that which which are Christianity. And I think the more I started to read about things as far as like how Europeans, which or the white people use Christianity to conform African-Americans, you know, Africans when they put them in slavery, the Native Americans, the Mexicans, like they always used believe in this God or die or and you go to hell. So that's when, you know, it's like when I started to become more educated and my mom would always tell me, maybe you're being too logical before the word of God, you know. And I was like, maybe I am. But I was just like, I think growing up in the same church, you know, I said me and McFadden went to the same church and it was like they didn't answer our questions. They didn't answer questions, you know, about sex. They didn't answer questions about a lifestyle. They didn't. And, and, and you couldn't be gay. Lord forbid you be gay. Lord forbid you even have that thought mm-hmm. that you were gay without having questions. And I think I was listening to a podcast yesterday and it was uh, it was Anna Sale, Deaf, Sex mm-hmm. and Money. Mm-hmm. And she was talking to two guys who were Jews, uh, Jewish. And, and, and they talked about being gay and how it wasn't even acknowledged in that religion. And, and they were like. It wasn't so much that we were trying to push this on people, but we wanted to know why we felt the way we felt. And people didn't even acknowledge us. And that's one thing me and Mac was talking about outside. And he was like, I, it, it kind of bothered him as well that people had questions that nobody wanted to answer. And how do you feel about like that, you know, that religious context of how people don't want you to you know, come to some kind of conclusion of your own? Well. The reality is, uh, great segue. Yeah, yeah. The, the reality is that most people don't answer these questions because they simply have no answers. Yeah, it's very difficult to take a God who is omnipotent yeah. and who's who's everything to everybody, and then when when you get down here to where we live right now, see all the difficulty in the world. Yeah, there's a disconnect between the concept of who that God is if He created everything and all of the unrest and, and all the stuff in the world. And so people are not able to 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 to, to bridge that gap. Is what the problem is. So. Instead of saying, I don't know, they say to you, let's go talk about it. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. they do. And in the past, 
in the distant past, like when I was coming up, for example, that was good enough because America was in a situation where information was the premium at the time. Mm -hmm. The preacher could say, the preacher said it, and that was good enough for us. Yeah. You know? right. But you know, you, you go out and speed down, someone asks you a question, you say, well, the preacher said, they said, hell with the preacher. But, yeah. yeah. You have, you got to understand that yeah. we're living in a different time. The Bible says this. It says we ought to always be able to give an answer to those who ask the reason for the hope that's in us. If you serve God, if, if you are a Christian, if you profess to be a Christian and someone asks you a question like that, you ought to know what to tell them. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, when you don't know what to tell them, then you're failing that person. Yeah. So you got to say to that person, listen, and it's got to be tenable. Yeah. Okay, you can't say, well, well, God meant one thing to happen, but the devil meant, no, no, that can't be true because this God that you told me, he knew everything. Yeah. He never makes a mistake. Mm -hmm. And yeah. why are we always blaming stuff on yeah. the devil? Yeah, well, like we, we give him too much credit. Yeah, you know that's another thing we talked about. Was yeah, yeah, and I, I don't like when people do that. Like, because I always say, for me, I feel like God gave us gave us free will. Yes. You, you know what I'm saying? Like bears automatically got to hibernate. Birds automatically got to fly south. We were given, Dropped you know, notes. we were we were given a choice. So it's just kind of like the devil didn't make you do anything. anything. You did that on your own. You, did it on you know, own? I feel like sometimes, you know. I don't feel like the devil can make me do anything. Now, I will say, you know, there are times when you have those two thoughts and it's yeah. like, you know, like I know the right thing to do, but I'm just going to do it anyway. But I feel like that's because that's the choice that I made. That's the choice that I made to do for myself. To yourself, yeah. We're not, oh, I don't know what happened. The devil came over me and just, I feel like they all, you know, like, we, like me and Mac were saying, it's like if you're talking about you got a check in the mail, God sent that check. It, nothing but but God You swerve and you miss that car I'm not saying that God doesn't give you The state of mind Or the presence of mind to maneuver And do different things or you know uh, When you want to choose between two jobs Or like you were saying about your son Moving and taking a job or not Like you pray and you get that understanding But it's like it, as much as we get God this credit I think you got to question some of the things that you put yourself in because I, I, me personally, I prayed to God for certain things and certain decisions, and I made those decisions. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if that was the right decision. But it's like we always say, well, God knows he, he, you know, even though it didn't go out, he has something on the back end for you, and maybe he does. But it's just one of those things. Sometimes you just want more than just follow God or lead God. You want like solid answers. But I feel like that comes with the thing, the. You know, I don't, I don't know well to be quoting scriptures or nothing. But, yeah, so you but I'm just saying, you know, you know. <laughs> but you know, the whole, you know, faith without works is dead. Yeah, yeah. You can't pray for something and not do anything to attain and it that's yourself. That's what a lot of people do. So that's what I feel like when I'm praying. I'm not going to just be like, okay, send me a better job yeah. or let me get promoted, and then I'm still and in my desk, and I'm in my desk coloring all day. You know, it's just like I'm not going to get promoted. You know, oh, but for real, I do color my desk. That's yeah. that's, that's real. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 won't, I, won't, I really want to throw uh, a mockumentary in this whole situation. Let's go back to what you said a while ago. You said that God gave man free will. Let's mm -hmm. think about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then if free will is the smoking gun, in fact, if free will is, is why we're in the situation we're in, mm -hmm. maybe God shouldn't have given it to us. Maybe he shouldn't have, yeah. but he did. Well, well, okay, let's just say mm -hmm. he did, though. Mm -hmm. is, 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 are we responsible for what we did, or is God responsible? I feel like we are. Okay, well, the God gave us free will. Yeah. Right, so to make to make, to make make the decisions okay, for let, your life. Let me ask you this. Uh -huh. let, let's parallel it like this. I've got a, a granddaughter that's three years old. Mm -hmm. She comes over to my house. i got a 357 Magnum in my drawer, my desk drawer. Mm -hmm. I give her the gun and let her play with it, and she shoots her foot off. Whose fault is it? Yours. Okay, why? Because you're the adult And she's only yeah, well, three yeah, right. She's only three And okay. from what I You know Because Because I gave her something She wasn't qualified to handle 
Right. right. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. It, if God gave us free will and we ill used it, then we wouldn't talk about him. I can see where you're going. I see. I, I, I see, see what you're saying too. I, I you're see where you go as a three year old kid. Yeah. yeah. Right. But yeah. I see. I see. I see where you're going as okay. well. Okay. But I feel like he's not. It's not going to like. Here's the smoking gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with three year old, you gave her no option. It wasn't like I did give her an option. She didn't have to shoot a foot. I didn't tell. No. Her. I no. I'm saying you gave her the gun. I gave her the gun. So that's what I'm saying. So it's like I don't feel like you're going to give. <laughs> <laughs> I let her play with the gun, and she wasn't qualified to handle it. And that, the proof of the fact that she wasn't qualified to handle it is that she shot somebody with it. Uh-huh. That proves she wasn't qualified. Right. The proof that we wasn't qualified to handle free will is that we ate that. Oh well, yeah. The From the, uh-huh. okay. So then, the, had God not fruit. given so us, so God set us up. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, shut up. Wait, that sounds funny. Yeah. But that's the conclusion no, a lot of I people understand. are coming to. Yeah. Because we're saying, okay, if free will is a smoking gun, then we've been better off not to have free will. Yeah. But we didn't negotiate with God for free will. Mm-hmm. We didn't say to God, God, I'll let you create me, but you got to give me free will. Right. Yeah. Free will was initiated by God of His own volition. That was His idea. Yeah. Okay. So then we would have been better off not to get free will. So God, maybe, maybe. But I feel like that's you know. Well, I, mean, again, sometimes I don't I believe do. that, but I'm saying that that that's that, where yeah. that road leads. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. What did you I, say? I was about to say sometimes I do like you know when they're talking about um just our our country yeah, versus though. like a dictatorship. Yeah, I don't always feel like that would necessarily be. A bad thing Yeah You know like some things I, I feel like some things Need to be governed Like Charlemagne not every, the guy Says not every, all the time Not everything what? Oh yeah maybe that's who I yeah, heard that Charlemagne from Charlemagne yeah. the guy He always yeah, like We got like, too much freedom Right mm-hmm. You know I don't feel like We need so many choices yeah. For every single thing yeah. Like it has to be like Three doors for everything Like yeah. sometimes Just tell me where I need to go And that's that's it I don't feel like You need all the all the and what you say that? What do you? What you, have you heard about the transgender bathrooms? The what? The trans. The, tra- <laughs> the, tra- the trash in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, the tra- not only have I heard about it, but I've seen it on regular occasions. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the transgender bathroom. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got to go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, and we were talking about it. We talked about it in the group meeting. Oh yeah, but I agreed exactly what you said. Yeah, give them all their own bathrooms mm-hmm. if that's what they want. But I don't think you should cross. Intermingle them And it's it, it, You know uh, Some people feel like You should And I'm like Okay The thing that A lot of people are saying It was like Okay so what if it's a guy Who's just a pedophile Or he's a rapist They do that already You know what I'm saying They do it already But it's one of those things To where it's like Oh are you saying They do it already Or are you saying That's what somebody else I'm is? saying that yeah. I'm saying no yeah, I don't feel like do Pedophiles are like Man I really want to go In this bathroom yeah. And take this little girl But yeah. the door says I can't yeah. I mean no, They're, they're going to go gonna In the bathroom They're going to do What they want to do. They're gonna do, what they do Anyway so you saying That now you have Permission to go In this bathroom Doesn't mean like Oh now I can yeah. go in here And do what I've Been wanting to do All yeah. this time I, I just feel, feel like, like You should just Create a separate What's wrong with Having three that's bathrooms what, That's what I was about to say Just create a separate Bathroom because Not only does it It create issues For the straight men And women it also creates issues for the transgender person for their safety. Right. How many, I mean, not to be funny, I've been in bathrooms where white guys have said something to me or looked at me a certain way. Like I t- and then, like I said in the group, me, I've been in a bathroom where I'm urinating mm-hmm. and a guy with the dress comes in and goes in a stall, and I'm like, wait a minute. And not not even that because like just like you said, I feel like a lot of times people feel like if you're gay or transgender and you're on the, on the man side of it, yeah, they feel like you weak. Yeah. So like you said that. To me, creates danger for this person yeah, because now, or even the other person, because he ain't weak. He, he may not be yeah, weak, and exactly. now you didn't got now yourself you done in got trouble. Yourself in something, you thinking you can beat up right. the because he's right. gay, right. and he been done put these hands to you like exactly. So exactly. I just think it needs to be one by themselves, so they can be comfortable, they can be in their own space, and then the world goes as it is. You know, I just think it's. I think a lot of times we're trying to do too much, 
And I think it just needs to be one of those things where it's not that complicated. Pass but it. then, but you know, somebody said that that's the, uh, I can't remember who said it, but somebody was saying that that they shouldn't do that because it's the same thing with civil rights. Like they, when they were making black people go to, you know, the black restroom, yeah. white people go to the white restroom versus just all women go to one, all men go to yeah. one. So, the only difference is the amenities would still be good to these days. Back oh, in the yeah, day, yeah. they would go into a bathroom for blacks, and the bathroom was trashy, stanky, right. derogatory things on the wall, and they didn't even yeah. have things to use the restroom. You know, my mom yeah. told me all these stories. So, yeah and no. You know what I'm saying? Right, Let's, yeah. You, did you have something to say? No, uh, yeah, I did, but I forgot where it was. I was <laughs> trying to get you because I saw you yeah, put yeah. your hand on your face like, uh, yeah, trying to yeah. keep it from slipping. Yeah. Don't go nowhere. No, no. I, uh, <laughs> but, but I completely, first thing, from a Christian perspective or from a religious perspective, uh-huh. because that's what I'm here to talk about. Uh, here's what you have to understand. is what we're trying to do with the world. We're trying to make something good out of something inherently bad. Yeah. That's what you have to realize. And it's never going to be perfect in this world because the, the world is adversely affected by sin. Yeah. That's what we have to understand. Jesus said on one occasion, not to preach, but he said on one occasion, they came to him and asked him about divorce. Yeah. Now listen, this is important. On a larger sense, they said, he said, uh, uh, and Jesus, when, I, when they asked him about could a, could a man and a woman get divorced, Jesus would spot it off and say, well, no, God made man, and when he made man, uh, and woman, woman is to go to man, and then, then they have to live together, and nothing separate them or whatever. And then somebody came up and he said, but Moses gave his people a right to get divorced mm-hmm. under certain circumstances. And Jesus said, now here's the situation. He said, yeah, he said, Moses did that because of the hardness of their hearts. He said, but from the beginning, it was not so. Jesus was talking about one thing, they was talking about something else. What Jesus was talking about, God's will for mankind is not to be divorced. But since sin had entered into the situation, yeah. now you have to you, you, you got to work with it. Be modified. Yeah, yeah, you got to work with whatever you issue. Now, yeah. when you start talking about two or three bathrooms, we just, I wouldn't say God ever intended that, but now we've got situations right. now where that's necessary. Yeah. Right. You know, because of the lay of the land, the way it is right now. So, But we, we don't want to delude ourselves and ever believe that we're going to make this situation right because it's never going to be right. And I know it's, I'm not trying to be funny, but I always go back and I'll be like, you know, when I think biblically, I'll be like, did they even have bathrooms yeah. back then? Wasn't they, they was just pissing all in the same place. They just going like dogs. Yeah, they just, I mean, I'm just, no, I'm not trying to, I'm just being for real, though. But I, I get what you're saying. Like, it probably sure wasn't like a bathroom, yeah. like ours, with the amenities well, that we just have. just like the pants but. and the dresses and stuff. And I'm like, well, everybody wore togas back then. Like, nobody had a toga and it was stapled in between their legs <laughs> where it looked like they had on, like, hammer pants. In, in, uh, in the early 50s, in the, in the late 40s and early 50s, I don't go back as far as Jesus did, quite. Yeah. But, I mean, but I can tell you, I, I do I have existed in a world where there was no bathroom yeah. in terms of me being raised. And so trust me. Yeah. Still, so what did you do? Use a pot? I did the same thing you do now. <laughs> you mean where did I do it at? I guess. Yes, hell yeah. <laughs> I found a large tree. <laughs> look, I'm like, what? <laughs> well, you did what you needed to come. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I don't care whether you're in New York or wherever you are. When yeah. the time comes, the oh, time yeah. comes. Oh, no. That you got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Listen there the, My daddy used to say There's a difference In wanting to go to the bathroom And having to go to the bathroom yeah. Yes I have to, to, to I bathroom, always want to Yes off. right I always want to I always want to <laughs> You can put it off If you want to yeah. But if you have to Because I have been On the way to Texas County And it's a stretch Where there's no exits yeah. And you got to. I got the guy. I have to, yeah, you got to right now yeah. pull this car. Off. <laughs> <laughs> it's going down. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a few questions for for the listeners to better get to know you. So, growing up, who inspired you growing up? And growing up, who I, or what? You know, I don't know if I had any any real inspiring people in my life growing up. I really don't know. I I, I was raised in kind of a unique situation. I was the baby of a, a, a ten kids, for mm-hmm. example. And my next oldest brother was a couch potato. We lived in Washington, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. 
and nothing was around me but just the trees and stuff. And I can remember from very, 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 very early age being interested in things that most people wouldn't be interested in. Yeah. I, I can remember holding sand in my hand and looking at the diamonds in it and holding a fly's wing or whatever. And somehow or another, I inherently knew that there was a God somewhere. Mm -hmm. I really did because there were things that just couldn't... They make sense. Yeah. And so what I did is, is uh, uh, for a, a long period in my life, I just kind of ignored that. But after I got grown enough and tried all the stuff that I tried and it didn't work too well, I, I came back to that and I started seeking to know that there was a voice or something on the inside calling me saying, hey, you need to know, that's something that you really need to know. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of an introvert. I spend a lot of time alone. Yeah. I always have. I love that now. And I spend a lot of time with God. And, and so... And I, I got a hold of this guy, you asked me growing up, I got a hold of this guy uh, named Wayne, Wayne Dyer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and this guy is a, uh, he, he's a kind of a philosopher, but uh, he teach, uh, what he teach, uh, self-actualization, I guess mm -hmm. you could call it, like, like that. And I come to believe that everything that you need, I think, is inside of you. Yeah. Everything that you need in order to be happy and healthy is inside of you. And instead of looking at what people won't let me do, or what I can do, I look inside of me and say, yeah, I can, I can do this. And I found that's a really good way to live life. And, and it was through that that I'm at where I am now. As a minister, for example, I'm not a pulpit minister because yeah. I don't like that kind of thing. Yeah. I really don't. I like a question and answer situation. I like to be able to sit down with someone and say, you ask me your toughest question and let me tell you about my God, about mm -hmm. my own personal relationship Respect with God. God. And, and now when I get done, like I said before, you don't have to necessarily agree with that, but I can tell you why I believe in God. When I asked you a question about the about the, uh, the, the free will, or mm -hmm. free will, and everything, mm -hmm. I know the answer to that for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, and but I think these are basic things that people need to know because they need a foundation in God. You got to either believe that God is, or He's not. Mm -hmm. And how important is it to be able to disagree or agree to disagree like you and Gabby did, and still be able to move on? Oh, absolutely important because you, if if you don't disagree, you're hypocritical. Yeah, because. There are things that I say today that you won't agree with, and there are things that you say that I won't agree with. But it doesn't mean that you're right and I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. It just means that our perspective is different. Right. And if we sit down and talk about it, it could be that we can merge in the middle. Of it. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But you've got to be willing to accept the fact that, hey, I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. You know. And even if I'm 100% right, then she could be 100 See, in in the spirit world, I can be right, and you can be right, and we can think the same about uh, different things. Right. We don't have to think the same thing for both of us to be yeah. right. You know, and that's what we disagree. I'm not going to fight with you because you, if you tell me you're an atheist, uh, if you're an agnostic or whatever you are, and I'm going to say, okay, I'm not, and here's why I'm not. Now, if we leave the conversation you still want, that's what you're going to buy. Yeah. You know, I, don't right. have, I don't have no issues with that. You're not mine. You belong to yourself. And so, I mean, you belong to God. So I don't have any problem with that. And I know whether you believe it or not, Anthony Ray, you are who you are. I know you know me because you just yeah. called my middle name <laughs> like my mama. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's all right. <laughs> hey, Ray. <Yeah. laughs> but, but, but you are who you are because yeah. of all the time that you spend at the church you sit, and yeah. where you come from, your father, the combination of your gene pool and everything. You are uniquely you because of that, and nobody but nobody know you but God. Yeah. Now, he knows you better than you literally know yourself. Mm -hmm. you know, so what he's offering you in relationship, he's saying, come over here, I'm going to give you self-actualization because I'm the only one who knows who yourself really is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't even know. Yeah. You think you do. You, you, you're searching for yourself. God say, I, I know the answer to all your questions. And if you will give me an ear, if you will let, listen to me, I can tell you the thing that you need mm -hmm. to understand. That's what religion is about. So I, I so I know recently on Anchor I posed a question and I was like tell us about a time that you almost died and I remember talking about um, I think I was 11 years old and 
I, no, I was I was probably about ten or eleven, and I remember going swimming at a friend's house in a uh, Tanglewood apartment, mm-hmm. and I remember jumping into the. Well, everybody was getting thrown in the pool because you know in the country they just throw yeah. you in the pool, you learn yeah. how to swim, and I remember not wanting to be thrown in the pool, and I jumped in the pool. So when I jumped in the pool, I'm like, I'm sinking, and I see the, I'm sinking. And it's like right before I pass out, uh, Reggie Atkins, I don't know if you know, yeah. So he dived in and he grabbed me and he saved me and he pulled me up. And like, you know, I, I didn't pass out, but when I came up, I came up coughing. But I knew it, that, that that 15 seconds felt like an eternity, knowing that I couldn't swim, I couldn't save myself. And even now to this day, I am forever, you know, indebted to, to Reginald Atkins. And the reason I brought this up is because I know growing up, like I said, you mentored us. We, we had the summertime program. I don't know if it was the, the, uh, the summertime program that you were helping us that you got shot. And I remember hearing, I got the news. I remember Eric calling me and then Corey called and they were like, hey, Brother Mac just got shot. Somebody tried to rob uh, his business. And I think you were trying to jump the fence and they shot you in the back with a shotgun. Tell me about that experience. Oh, yeah, I was, uh, it's kind of ironic because I, I, I had a, a white guy that was working for me and he needed to get paid that evening on a Wednesday afternoon. And, and uh, it was just getting dark. The streetlight was coming on at the business. And he and I was sitting there talking. He had asked me, he said, Matt, I want to ask you a question. I said, what is it? He said, with all the things that's going wrong in our business and our business relationship, he said, you don't ever seem like you're frustrated. He said, you're just the same every day. He said, you don't ever have no problem there. And, of course, at the time being, Fully a member of that church on my way to church, I, yeah. I recognized that as a chance for me to witness to him. Yeah. So yeah. I started to tell him about my relationship with God and how good God was and everything. And I noticed that coming out there was about 10 kids walking down the street where they really should be walking. They just kept talking, kind of pointing at us, kind of pointing at us a little bit. And finally, they came through the gate. I'm trying to make this story short as I can. They came through the gate, and uh, uh, one of them said, Hey, man, give me, a, give, me a, give me a cigarette. I think they said, I said, Well, man, we don't smoke. And by that time, they rushed us and just knocked us down. I mean, they, they just, it's just, if you've never been involved in that kind of situation where this, this gang menta- mentality takes over, it's really otherworldly. Yeah. It really is. It was like they didn't, I, I'd never seen any of them before, but it's like I was their worst enemy. I mean, it's the kicking and beating and stomping or whatever. And I had this, this white guy that was with me, he was kind of resisting them a little bit, and so a shot went off. And, and uh, this this kid had a gun to my head, just like this. Had a little twenty-two pistol. He's holding to my head, and I'm standing like this. Yeah. And and when I heard the shot go off, that gun, I heard that gun go snap. He actually pulled the trigger, and mm. the gun snapped. And it was in contact with my forehead, <coughs> my forehead. And when it did, then it was like that was like the hypnotist singer with me. Yeah. It was like when it, snap out. everything was yeah. going in slow motion until that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When that happened, it was like he said, "Okay, wake up! You got to do something in the natural." Yeah. So I started running. When I did, of course, the gun started shooting. He shot me once in the side with the, with the little pistol, or whatever. And he knocked me off balance, and I fell. And he shot me again in the back. And then as I started running, he shot me with, with, with a shotgun. shotgun. But, you know, it wasn't life-threatening. They took me to the hospital or whatever. But that's what happened to me. But the reality of the situation is I knew at that time, I guess I'd already always known, but that there was something somewhere that I can't explain to you in voluminous detail yeah. that was looking out for me because that, that, that whole thing was like slow motion. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, that's not the first time I'd experienced that kind of thing, yeah. but that's the most dramatic thing. Yeah. And, and uh, it just it just like... God, and I hate to say it because it turned a lot of people off, but there's some entity, if you will, mm-hmm. that was controlling that situation that did not let that kill me. Now, people ask me, okay, if that's, if that's the case, why did he let it happen to you at all? Well, one thing, so I can tell you this story. 
Right, right, right. Yeah, right. One, right. Yeah, one reason why it right. happened to, you, to me is so I can tell you how to be yeah. on the podcast mm-hmm. and tell someone the story. I want, I want you to know. And the reason why I'm so resolute about my relationship with God is because I want you to know that Jesus lives yeah. for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you that I don't know how he elects to save some people and let some people die. True. I, don't, I don't know that. But I can tell you it's not the lack of power. Yeah. He definitely does exist. I can mm-hmm. promise you. And I, I, could, I, could, I could recite to you several, several things that God yeah. has done to manipulate the situation in my life that had to be him. Yeah. He's pulling all of the strings. I promise you, someone listening to this podcast now is going to think, you know what? Maybe I'll give that a try. Yeah. I mean, it is, it, it, and, and the thing about it is, every that's the that's the beauty of it. Everybody has a story mm-hmm. yeah. of some sort. Like, not to be funny, if you've never been shot and been on the the, the brink of death, mm-hmm. you can't say certain things. Mm-hmm. Like you've been in that situation, I know it's different. For me, you know, I've told the story before of me being, you know, doing things in the streets, going to church, mm-hmm. but living another mm-hmm. life. And even when I moved here, I was still trying to do that thing. And the reason why trying to sell drugs ended quickly for me in Dallas. I didn't know people here. So it was like just trying to get into the game. And I never forget, um, I was dating my ex-girlfriend at the time. And I remember coming down the stairs to check my mailbox. And when I came down the stairs, I was living in Euless. And I went downstairs to check my mailbox. And I heard footsteps, which, you know, I wasn't looking. I'm thinking maybe somebody else is checking their mail. And literally, it's like I got hit in the back of the head. And it like, I was dazed. And it was the butt of a gun. And I remember the guy, he was like, give me your money. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I know you got it, whatever. And I'm like... How this dude know I got money and I don't have you know I was just like bro I don't have anything on me that's all I remember I kept saying I don't have anything on me and I'm thinking okay I'm about to get killed yeah. it's, it's a wrap I have no gun on me apparently he knows what I'm doing and mm-hmm. I remember after continuously saying no I don't have anything I'm dazed like I finally stood up and like he was gone you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and I remember going back upstairs and I called my girl and I was like hey I just got robbed when I was dating this girl she knew about my lifestyle and she's like I can't be with you if this is what you're gonna do yeah and I remember tell, I had to tell her because she thought I had stopped. And when I told her, you know, she was like, she was mad and she stopped talking to me for a while. But my whole mindset was like, I could have just died. Like, yeah. I should have been gave this up. Not to be funny, I'm from a small town coming to a big city where I don't even know the game like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm here by myself trying to do this. I probably stepped somebody on somebody's toes, probably was in somebody else's territory, probably, right. you know, giving yeah. it to somebody else. I don't know what the situation is. And that's why I say I may not be religious, but I am spiritual. And like you said, I do believe there is a God. And not to be funny, as much as full gospel taught me things that I don't ever want to do, they did teach me things that were substantial into the way I live my lifestyle and try to now. I did see things, you know, I think I told somebody, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I remember going to to Dallas Church one time up here in Dallas. And it was a guy that we continuously always saw in a wheelchair for like seven years. And I remember coming to a convention. I think Pastor Mary prayed for him and he got up and walked. And I'm like, now I'm like, this is a hell of a long time to play off a joke that you can't walk for seven years. (laughs) But, you know, but when when at that time when it happened, I was just like, how did. Something somewhere mm-hmm. And I mean I never was a person To shout Or speak in tongues And I remember yeah. asking my mom How do you speak in tongues How do you How do you do this Because right. I, I, I You just move your tongue And right. it's so funny That you say that mm-hmm. When we were talking About the offering out there Because I remember You know they recruited Eric your son mm-hmm. To be a minister mm-hmm. And it was so many things That Eric would talk about And he was like Man they want me to shave my beard And they want me to do this And he was like Man I'm, I'm You know in so many words He was like I'm just a kid I'm like 21, 22 years old And they're wanting me to do things that a man should do when I'm not prepared for that. And I remember one time coming down the prayer line because he, me and Eric had a conversation and he was like, I don't want to do this. This is not what I want to do. But he was dating the pastor's wife at the time. And I remember uh, he was... What? Tell him what he just said. You said he was dating the pastor's wife. He was dating wife. the pastor's daughter. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Thank you for correcting like, me because everybody like this nigga out here. <laughs> 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 I'm starting an open room. I don't know what. what? Yeah. Yeah. what? My bad. I'm, th- I'm glad you. I'm glad you corrected it. I was on the roll. Yeah, you were. You were. You didn't even. He was dating the pastor's daughter. Real talk. Okay. You need a devil cast out. You bad boy. Yeah, producer. Make sure you cut that out. But no, he was dating the pastor's daughter, and I remember he telling me he was like, you know, I'm having to do so many things because I am dating her. And he was like, come down to Pearl Line one day and I'm going to show you. So I remember he was praying for people. It was like a youth uh, youth rally in like mm-hmm. August. And I remember coming down to Pearl Line and when I was praying, when he prayed for me, he was just like, this. in so many words, he was just like, just speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. He just told me to do mm-hmm. it. And it was like, because he was, and, and I didn't realize it until a point I was like, he's under so much pressure to perform and be something that he really didn't even mm-hmm. want to really be. He's faking it. Yeah. And I remember him just being like, man, I'm not. He didn't. And that's when he ended up breaking up with Jennifer. You know, he was just like, I'm not. I can't do this. I can't do this because it's making me be somebody that I'm, I'm not. not. Right. And I don't. at 22 years old, he's like, I don't know how to do these things that they're asking me to do. But in order to continue being with this woman that I'm about to marry, I have to be this way. And it's your son. Yeah. What I mean. How do you feel like hearing that? Like he was just in a, he was in a situation. I felt like he was in a trap. Yeah. Well, you know, life is a continuum. I, I, <clears throat> first thing, the reason why most people have trouble with God and religion is because we think life is that, uh, we define life as that narrow, narrow sliver of time between birth and death. Yeah. Man is an eternal being. But man, we are not, uh, we are not uh, a natural being having a spiritual experience. We are a spiritual being having a natural, natural experience. experience. Yeah. You came from somewhere when you came here to earth, you're going to go somewhere when you leave here. Mm-hmm. God is concerned about you from an eternal perspective, which means mm-hmm. that God has got an eternity to work out all of the difficulties yeah. in your life. You know, and when we don't see life that way, we think we got to get it while we're in this incarnation. We're destined to fail. Well, I started quoting another scripture. I won't because uh, y'all don't know nothing about scripture. I just wasted my time. <laughs> no, I, look, I know it, but don't ask me. No, don't, don't, quote it. don't ask me to quote it. I Matter of fact, I can probably quote it, but don't ask me where it, where where it, it came go. from. Say, I don't well, know where it goes. <laughs> Solomon said in Ecclesiastes what he said. Solomon, I know you know who Solomon was. He, yeah. was, he was the handsome, rich, wise king of, 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 uh, of the Jews yeah. that God had endowed with everything. He was handsome. He had all the money. The women liked him. He was, you know, had all the concubines mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. Everything that a, a normal person could have, Solomon was part of it. He had that. But when he got to be an old person, he started being cynical. He, in Ecclesiastes, he started saying that there's nothing under the sun that really tends to life. What he's saying, all of this stuff is like chasing after the wind. In other words, anything that you can accomplish in this incarnation is going to let you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what Solomon is saying. So we need to understand that if, if we go back and think, okay, God, I accept the fact that I'm an eternal being. And I know that whatever you're doing in my life, Anthony Ray, and I'm, I, just, I will just say this because I'm Prophet McFadden. You know that, but I don't say this. <laughs> but, but I don't think you'll ever get away from what, what, uh, One of the reasons yeah. why you're angry is because of your love. Yeah. Uh, your concern for this thing. I yeah. say that yeah, all yeah, the time. Just, uh, you just I told him he like, he, like a, he like, like, you know, when you scorn from a woman. Yeah, he, like that's a, that's he, like, like, he like a, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's what you And I see that, and I really like it. And yeah. I love people who are honest with themselves. Yeah. You know, I really think that's an endearing quality when you say man I just don't believe this mm-hmm. this don't make sense to me I, I like I'd rather for a person to tell me that than say oh yeah everything's alright yeah. and secretly no it's not alright mm-hmm. no if we, you have questions you just have questions well no we got three minutes before we take our first break but I do want to ask you this and we can continue when we come back in I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about you know how when people die Everybody always acts like the person is going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in the Bible, it says something to the extent of God, when Judgment Day comes, 
God is going to judge us and we'll go wherever we're going. So is that place, I mean, where are we now when people die? Are they in purgatory, that in-between stage? Because so many people put people in heaven Mm -hmm. and put people in hell. But if you're going by the Bible... You're not even supposed to go to heaven or hell into judgment day where God sends you. No, if you go on by your interpretation of the Bible. Exactly. I can give you I can give you a definitive answer to that question. Where are people right now? I can tell you exactly without fear of being wrong. Don't nobody know. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was waiting. Right. So I'm like, well, where is that? This, this is good. This is gonna get good. Okay. okay. <laughs> you got the answer, Sway. The answer to that is nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> that is the answer to that. People tell you all based on <laughs> based on how they interpret a particular scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and how what grandmother told them yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You put all that together, you come up with a conclusion. But the reality, the reality yes. is nobody knows. That's my granny I always say that we don't have a heaven or hell to put you. Mm-hmm. In. We don't. You don't know where it is. Yeah. I feel like it's right to do right and be right as you can. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then let God take care of, take over from there. Right. Whatever. But you know what? Right. That's the best thing. Yeah, we got about a minute. That's the best thing that Bishop Cannon said. Mm-hmm. And I remember being there, and I tell people all the time, I remember him saying, what if God is not real? Mm-hmm. What if he ain't real? What have you oh, lost? Uh, what, what have you lost? Mm-hmm. If you don't have sex before marriage, you have the possibility of, you know, not catching AIDS or having a baby out of wedlock or uh, enduring some kind of heartbreak. If you don't smoke cigarettes, you don't get lung cancer. If you don't drink too much or drink at all, you don't get liver mm-hmm. cancer. If you don't do all... And he was like, if you treat people the way they're supposed to be treated, you don't have as many enemies. So, like, living your life to the best of your ability and it's still trying good. to... Yeah. It's still a good thing. thing. Right. And, and right. that was the best thing that I... That, and I don't remember nothing else he had to say. <laughs> but that one thing, it stuck with me because I was like... That Does makes sense. I, yeah, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. But we're going to take a quick break again. You listen to the reality is where filter becomes extinct, and we'll be right back. Blessings keep falling in my lap. It seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. I don't make songs for free, I make them for freedom. Yeah. Don't back in here. And we were talking off the air, and we were talking about, you know, my belief in God and everything. And I'm trying to think it's slipping away right now. Mm. And I'm trying to catch it. Mm. Okay, wait. Come on. I think I lost it. Mm. <sighs> Gabrielle, you rubbing? You know, I didn't have as many brain farts a lot. That's not true. That is again. not true. You were t- So tell me what you were telling me again about. You said that I feel a certain way about God because I feel like I've been let down. Yeah, you do. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's something that you know is true. Uh-huh. I mean, you understand nobody can really convince you that that's not God. And you say you're not a religious person. Well, that, that doesn't offend me. I'm not religious either. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have, I, I, I believe in relationship, not religion. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Not to cut you off Because I was, oh, was typing So when I pray You know Because you were saying I was telling you about How sometimes when I'm saying things uh, I, You know I've been with Arteza And she's been around me When I'm I'm saying things to God And she's like Wait You're talking kind of rough mm-hmm. well, I'm around my mom And she's like Alright You can't talk sideways to God Right And I'm like But he get what I'm saying He know my heart If he know my heart Then he know that I don't mean it Like I'm putting blasphemy You know Speaking blasphemy on his name So I know sometimes When I'm praying I've gotten on my knees Before and prayed Mm-hmm. And I, it's been times growing up, I would, my mom would get on her knees and pray. And I'd hear her in the other room speaking in tongues and like talking to God. And I always used to be like, I want that. How do, how mm-hmm. do I get to this point of like, I can just, not, like where I'm not in church, no music is going, no pastors preaching, right. but I can still have that connection with God. And I never had that. And I, I remember going to my mom one day and I was like, is there something wrong with me? Because the way the church brought us up, it made it seem like, you got to have the Son, the Father, the Holy Spirit, whatever the Holy Trinity is and all of that. Yeah. So I remember being like, Mom, why I can't get this? Mm-hmm. Is there something wrong with me? And she's like, everybody's relationship with God is different. 
my relationship with God may be this is how he speaks to me through tongues. Maybe he speaks to to you. Like I know a lot of times I'm driving and I just have an epiphany and I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're right. I, I get it. Or like me and Arteezy was saying, we was listening to Chance the Rapper. And he, you know, he has a lot of gospel flavor in this mm-hmm. new mixtape. And I had chills and she said the same thing. I was like, it was a couple songs where he was singing. I think he got two songs called Blessings mm-hmm. on the record. And I was just like, I feel this right now. Mm-hmm. It's not the traditional or the conventional sense of God in church, but he still it's still a message there. Right. To where it's like he sends you messages in so many different ways. Right. And that's what I've come to a point to where I'm like, you know what? I may not be as like I guess much of a Bible thumper but I'm like God still talk to me he still speaks to me in a different dynamic but he still speaks to me and I remember one of the things that at Full Gospel they always used to say people would get saved and when they made a mistake they always had to come down the aisle to ask for forgiveness they always had to come down and tell a testimony and, and pretty much embarrass themselves in so many ways of words did you say and, this was at Full Gospel at Full Gospel okay and, and, and I would be like why do they why you gotta like, I would, tell people, everybody people would be like well you know first I give on to God to so and 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 then they would turn around and be guest. like you know well God delivered me 15 years ago from snorting crack and I remember leaving my kid and I'm like <laughs> you gonna talk about leaving your kid at home and snorting crack like people are as much as they're listening and saying Thank you, God, for blessing you. They're passing. They're judging you. Yeah. And, and I used to, and I, as a yeah. kid, I used to be like, "Why is she saying that?" But you guys, you can, you can. No, 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 no. I'm just, just listening. But I, I just used to be like, "Why are people like? Why, why do necessary? you have to do that? Right. And why do you have to like people would go down and after like having sex or doing or being in a relationship for so many months and then coming back to God, they were still coming to church, but they may not have participated as much because if somebody found out about their personal life, they got set down. Mm-hmm. So then when they finally got right again to where they back in the choir they done gave up whatever sin it was that they were having they got to come back and say it all over again once God saved you he saved you that's your Lord once you confess your tongues in your heart my opinion as God is your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ you ain't got to keep doing that over again that's why he give to me he gives you graces and mercies mm-hmm. yeah. to ask for forgiveness so you believe that once saved always saved if you, unless you say I ain't with God I'm riding with the devil now I mean, why? I mean, that's just like me. Like, I feel like, like if 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 I'm getting married, and I marry Artesia, and we together, and I make a mistake, mm-hmm. I got to come back and marry her again. I'm already married to her. We, I ask her for my forgiveness, and I work on that thing that I made a mistake on to make it better and build a relationship, right? And strengthen our relationship, which is the relationship that you have with right. God. That's in my opinion. You know, some people do that though. You know, what's it, what's it called when they uh, um. You know they don't get it ain't getting married again, but renew, renew their vows. vows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe that's so, you know. Do you believe in eternal salvation? You believe once saved, always saved. Um, yes. So, so once God accepts you, but I don't feel like that gives you a pass to just yeah, do what you it's, want. It's not a get out of jail. Yeah, I don't no, like no, it's, I don't, yeah. No, I don't, I don't feel like either. it's a get out of jail yeah. free card. It's like yeah. I can just turn up and I'm already going yeah, in. Yeah, it's difficult to hear y'all's uh, opinion on that because it's a hard thing for y'all to say, and you're 100 percent right. You, you, that ought to come out easy because once God saves you, He saves you. Right. Yeah. Because, because oh, first of all, you don't save yourself. Yeah. Well, let me, let's look at it like this. Okay. When you start talking about a God who's all knowledgeable, no, you come to God and say, God, I'm laying my sins on the altar. I, I'm sorry for everything I've done, and I want you to save me. Now, when God says okay, God knows whether you're serious or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in other words, if you're just trying to jive God when you say that, God ain't even trying to hear. You. He ain't trying to know it because He knows that you're not serious. So if he saves you, that means that you had to be serious, right? Right. Okay, now once he saves you, how would you get unsaved if you were serious? Because what you do when you get saved is you put your life in God's hands. Right. In other words, it's for God's keeping. I think about the Six Flags, I tell a story all the time in my teaching, where this guy took his kid to Six Flags, a little 
five-year-old girl. And of course, when she walked through the gate, it was so overwhelming to her and everything. She just had hold to her dad's hand and she just squeezed it real mm-hmm. tight, you know, because I mean she was happy, but yeah. she, it, the thing was just overwhelming to her and everything. Yeah. But okay, she stayed in six days for, for uh, uh, two or three hours, and she started getting tired. And mm-hmm. then she started getting tired because she didn't have the strength. She started loosening her grip yeah. on her dad's hand. Yeah. You know, what do you think the dad did? He, he, he grabbed tighter. He grabbed her hand. Yeah. Yeah. It's not up to her to save herself because she can't do it because of her inherent weaknesses. It's up to the father to make sure the child stays safe. do with that message. You see? Morning. So, so here's, do it. So here's the deal. Once That's God it. saves you, he holds on to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... and and the reality is, but I keep saying that to you. Hey, that's I, I'm trying to get back on the show next week. No, <laughs> but, but, the, but the reality is, our transgressions don't separate us from God once the blood of Jesus is washed away our sins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a scripture in 1 John 3, 9 for you Bible songs that says that once you've been saved, you're not any longer able to sin. You can't sin once you've been saved because the blood of Jesus washes away. It's like, for example, you can take a rabbit. Y'all listen to this because this is good. You can take a rabbit and you knock it in water. Yeah. And bring the rabbit out of water, he's wet. Yeah. From head to toe. You can take a duck and you can dunk the duck in water and bring the duck out of, out of water and the duck don't have the water on it. Yeah. That's because the duck is impervious to water because the oil is inside the of the skin, duck. Yeah. Okay, that's the way we are once we get saved and God cleans us up and the blood of Jesus seals us. Even when we do the wrong thing, it's not sin because the blood of Jesus washes away all sin, the ones you have done, the one that you're doing now, and the one that you used to do. So it puts you into another category. Well, I'm not going to preach anymore. No, I, you're fine. But so that, would, that, that entails the graces and mercies, right? Yeah. Well, actually yeah. it does. But yeah. the reality situation is that once you saved, it's just a done deal. It's yeah. your salvation. Yeah. Concern. And, yeah. It's just, you gotta, and you work because nobody's perfect. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, I, and I, I always used to say, you know, for my pa- the pastor I was under growing up, I probably already said his name on the podcast before, but I try to be discreet sometimes. I'm not that good with it. I know Gabriel. Yeah, well, you fail, Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> you try to be discreet. Try, you know, when I'm speaking I, about I, certain I missed that show. Like right. That. When I'm speaking, <laughs> when I'm speaking about the dead, you know, because. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay. When okay. I'm speaking about the dead. Okay. So, but I remember I used to always be like, I'm sure he sinned uh-huh. at some point in time, whether it was a thought. Cause you know a lot of times they used to be like whatever it is in your whatever it is in your mind so it so so, so the Bible says something about so thinketh in your mind so is he or something or in your heart. One of the man thinketh in his heart so is he. Okay, it's, it's the heart, not his mind. Okay, we got you here today, so that's what, that's why I'm trying to quote it all. But I remember it used to be like okay, I know at some point he thought something, he felt something. Like nobody's perfect. Right. And another thing, I, and, and to give shout out to Sister Cannon, I remember because I always try to give you know respect where respect is due, and I remember she said. I was going through something over the last couple of years, and I was like, you know, I'm just ready to move. Mm-hmm. I want to move because I'm unhappy here, and I need to go somewhere. And and I and and, and what her testimony dropped in mm-hmm. my spirit when she said, I remember when I was moving all around, and I met you know the story, yeah. and I moved to Alabama. And she's like, when I moved to Alabama, and she's like, I met Bishop Cannon, mm-hmm. and she was like, when I moved there, I got off the bus, and she's like, I was running from something, mm-hmm. but when I got off the bus, I met the same person yeah. that I was running away from because I hadn't changed my well, inner spirit, mm-hmm. my body, my mind hadn't changed. Mm-hmm. No matter what demographic you're in or what situation or what city you go to, if you haven't addressed the issue, whether it's a longing for God or whatever, mm-hmm. you're still going to meet that same person. The problem, this would be, this is, Jesus said, knowing me makes you free. Here's the freedom. The problem with you in your life is always you. Yeah. It's never on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's always you. Because if you accept the fact that the problem is from the outside, that means you don't have no control over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, if, 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 if Anthony, I mean, A. Ray, if, That's if, what it is. if A. Ray doesn't <laughs> like me, 
I can't change that. Yeah. Right. So if that's going to be a problem for me, that's going to always be a problem because I can't change it. But if, once I adjust to that and go ahead and live my life anyway, the fact he don't like me don't have to be my problem right. anymore. And let me give a, can I get a, give a hey, shout out to someone? Go right ahead. Since we're talking about Sister Cannon, I want to talk about, I want to say this about Bishop Cannon. And, and, and I, want, I want to say this in the clearest possible term. Bishop Cannon, I think, was the best man I've ever known. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I mean, this guy, this guy, uh, and I'm hoping to get to spend some time with him at some point in, yeah. in the next incarnation or whatever. Because he, Bishop, okay, was, I say you he, ain't going nowhere. Right? <laughs> I, I hope not. He, he, he <laughs> was, he was, he was the real deal. Yeah. Now was he perfect? No. Heck, no, no, he wasn't perfect. And it, I could tell you some things. But not, you know, yeah, he, oh, no. he was not perfect. In, yeah. in, in, but the reality is that he was a good man. A really, really, really fine person, yeah. and he did the best he could do all the time. Yeah, you know, and so I just want to say that because anything that I might say in the future that suggests that he wasn't, I, w- I want to say that clearly. Yeah, he was a good man and a, a he was a great person. And I think, and 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 to to piggyback off that, I do too. Mm-hmm. I think being older now, seeing it, he had a lot on his shoulder. Just like I said about Eric, mm-hmm. he took over full gospel Nash at a young age, mm-hmm. and he didn't have a lot of. I, people would say he had mentorship, but how how the way I could come to him, I couldn't come to Bishop Cannon. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm thinking in my mind, like, could he not come to Apostle mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, like, I could come to him and talk about sex, girls, and mistakes. I've talked to him about marriage, love, and where I'm at. But I could go talk to somebody else who's going to judge me right off the bat as opposed to just listening to what I have to say mm-hmm. and giving me the best information they could give me or the best advice they can give me from his perspective. And I always think, now that I'm older, did he really have that? If he didn't have that, he did have a lot on his plate to deal with bringing that church up. And he brought it from nothing because he did inherit that church from a previous pastor who wasn't doing that great. And then he had that church and he built a new church and so on and so forth. I think the things that got me so much with that church more so, it wasn't, like I tell people all the time, it wasn't what they preached. It was the doctrine that they implemented, which was their doctrine. And then as a kid, it was the broken promises of we're going to go here. We're going to do this. And I felt like we worked so hard to do these things with sales and all this stuff. And we never went as a kid. The last the worst thing you could do to a kid is give them broken promises to tell them you're going to do something that you're not going to do. And I think from that perspective, it that's what messed up my mind and my spirit so much with church. And then the reason it did is because my dad had already failed me. So it's like my dad had failed me. Then the church failed me. And at that time, it was like the only people who had been there for me was my mom. Mm -hmm. And then that's why I even had a problem with love and trust, because your dad fails you who you love and trust. The church fails you who you're supposed to love and trust. Then I was here in Dallas for four years with a relationship that failed. You know what I'm saying? And it's like to where I'm like, people be like, oh, are you scared to get married? Are you scared to believe? I believe and I'm not scared of anything, but like I'm more introverted and I, I, I depend more on myself. And I've even had that issue with this podcast. Gabrielle has even said, sometimes people are not not there for you. And one thing I had to learn, too, and my mom said, because I was talking about my brother one day, and she's like, people ain't going to think the way you think. Mm-hmm. People ain't going to believe the way you believe, and people are not going to see things the way you see things. It doesn't make them a bad person. It just makes them different. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's true. That's absolutely true. And, uh, and, and, but, but you don't abandon who you are on the inside because you came into this world for a specific purpose. Yeah. You didn't come in this world to be me. And, and let me tell you something about, about church, for example. Here, uh, I thought about this coming up here. Your viewpoint of what happened in church and my viewpoint is different because you came into church as a child. Oh, yeah. You sure. had yeah. to do certain things. Yeah. I was 42 years old when I got there. Mm-hmm. And I was an independent thinker when I got there. I was an independent thinker when I looked. You know, that's your you know, I whenever I felt like, okay, this is a good this church is good, but it's no longer good for me. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Well, I agree. So, so it was. It wasn't anything that I had against the church. It's just the fact that I didn't need to be there anymore. Right. You know, because some of the things. But ironically, Bishop Cannon knew that. Yeah. You know, I remember when when Promise Keepers first got. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. And I think I was the only person in full gospel fellowship anywhere that ever participated in Promise Keepers. Yeah. I went to talk to Bishop about it. He said, "I'm gonna tell you, brother Mac. He said you need this." For who you are, you need this. Yeah. This broadens your horizons and everything. He never tried to stop me. Never yeah. tried to keep me from doing anything. And other people who would have wanted to, he's, you know, he wouldn't have, you know. Yeah. But he knew that there. I hate to say there was something unique about yeah. my position or whatever. It I, was. Yeah, I would say, and I still will. I'm a straight shooter. You know, if I believe something, I'm gonna say I believe it. Right. You know, if I don't believe it, I'm gonna say if it's the president, I'm gonna say, Mr. President, I don't think I agree with that. Yeah. Now, it may not, I'm not saying it's wrong for you, but I'm saying that I don't that, agree. I ain't this, feeling right. That. Right. I'm not feeling that. You know. And, and I want to be authentic and everything yeah. I try to do. So what made you come to the conclusion to leave uh, Full Gospel at that point in time? And when you left, I, I'm, I, I, if I know you, I'm pretty sure you addressed it with your wife. Mm -hmm. You know, And how did she feel about it when you came to that conclusion? Well, I'm going to tell you, there's a, uh, there's a poem by a guy named Samuel Taylor Coldridge, uh, 19th century English poet that describes my wife. And it, it's called, the poem's called What If You Slept? And mm -hmm. it says, the poem goes, What If You Slept? And what if in your sleep you dream? And what if in that dream you went to heaven? And there you picked a strange and wonderful flower. And what if when you awoke you held that flower in your hand? Mm -hmm. I mean, my wife was uniquely prepared for me from the heavenly realm. Yeah. I, I can assure you that. I mean, she. what I mean is that she, I was thinking she really literally is the wind beneath my wings. How you doing, Miss Wanda? Nobody. No, I'm serious. That is who God intended for me. And yeah. if I die and go to heaven, and I know the Apostle Paul said that in heaven there's not going to be any marriage, yeah. but uh, that's the only thing I hope the Bible's wrong about. Yeah. In the next eternity, I want that to still be my wife. Yeah. You know, And so so what she thought about that was that when I got ready to leave the church, I mean, everything, and I said, okay, you can go ahead and stay, because she was doing some programs. Yeah, she you, was. You can go ahead and stay until the program's over, but then you have to, she said, that's cool. That's what yeah. we're going to do. I, I don't think she's in total agreement with it, but I remember <laughs> Sister Cannon tried to get her to go talk to Bishop about it. Yeah. You need to go talk to Bishop about this. She said, I don't need to talk I'll to talk Bishop I'll talk to my husband. It. Yeah. Said, you know, after this program, though, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. What are you going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> my husband. Like, all right, we already talked. Yeah, 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 the, the, the deal is done. Right. 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 That dog ain't going to hunt around here. That dog ain't going to hunt. Because if you play with a dog, he will lick you around <laughs> oh, I can't pull a circle. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Y'all missed the first 10 minutes oh, of the yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah. The, the, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the producer, but he, you know, he came in and told us about it. But I will, I'll reiterate it when we do the podcast from home and uh, get it updated. So. I wanted to talk because I mean, we always talk about, like I was telling you before, we talk about relationships on the podcast. What do you think, from your perspective, is the key to a successful marriage? Because you've been married what twenty eight years? No, no, fifty almost. I've been married. What are you? What you know, man? I've been married. Oh, I was reading this. I was reading this website. And you was you've been a uh, uh, Christian for twenty eight. Yeah, years. yeah. Okay, sorry about that. I've been married for forty. I'm messing years up today. I'm messing what? up. You said, whoa, whoa, whoa! You happen to give me <laughs> trouble? What about a wife he got? All right. <laughs> 28. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just uh, like I said, I, I actually, I, I don't know if I'm in a position to give any advice on it because like I just said, I think my, God created this one just for me. Yeah. You know, so I don't have to know how to do it. You know, I was able to be who I am 
and, and not have any problem with her. Now, first of all, let me tell you, uh, we've been saved now almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. We were like everybody else before we got saved. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I'm not saying we had 50 years of bliss and no yeah. problem. Mm -hmm. thing. We had our time. Yeah. Right. But once we got saved, it was over. Yeah. Absolutely over. And I can tell you, this is the truth. Not a word has been mentioned about what I might have done in the past or what she might have done before we got saved, since we got saved. Yeah. The last 29 years uh, since we've been saved, nobody has brought anybody else up. Yeah. Not one word is, is crossed. Because that's, you know, I, I've always subscribed to the notion that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Yeah, I felt like we were new people, you know. So we just started doing, and, and we just, just never brought all of that stuff up. But the reality is that, that you know, I, I think she was made for me, and she's she's my most ardent supporter. Mm -hmm. You know, I could never do what I do because I'm always swimming against the current. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. You know, I'm always making waves yeah. by design. That's what I try to do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and she's always said, hey, if that's what God is saying, let's go for it. And we have spent some big bucks in this thing. You know, uh, television yeah, know. program, radio yeah. program, stuff that we have financed out of our, We have spent... Tens of thousands of dollars yeah. in this mm -hmm. suit, you know, because I felt like God wanted me to do this, wanted me to say that someone need to hear this, you know, and, and we've done it, and she's always supported me. So I, I don't know if I'm in, a, I'm in a position to tell you what you need to do with a relationship, other than I'd say, first thing, you need to marry the right one. Yeah. You know, you need to have marry somebody that's a like man, you know, whatever, and then make, of course, without getting too preachy, you got to make God the central figure in your relationship. Yeah. Just like me, you know, I, when I go off like to L.A. or somewhere, when she's still at home, if I go off and I'm doing something, she's just as safe with me when I'm in L.A. as she is when I'm in Texas County because it's, I don't do what I do where the relationship is concerned because of her. I yeah. do what I do because it's right to do it. And that's right. what I was about to say because I like to get to the meat of things. So when you say, because a lot of people will be like, all right, you always hear people say, keep God at the center mm -hmm. of your relationship. Mm -hmm. I was about to ask that. So what does that entail if, from your perspective? It, it entails knowing what he wants you to do. Yeah. yeah. In other words, succumbing to his de desire. And his desire for you is the same in Texas County as it is in, in, in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. In other words, if it's right in Texas County, it's right in L.A. Right. You know, when you go off and see some whatever you yeah. see that you may be tempted by and everything, if, if, if you wouldn't do it when you was in Texas County, you shouldn't do it. The center focus is not her or me. It's what's right. Right, but then what? What that do you come into in to a, an issue? <laughs> to, to an issue. <laughs> I mean, just from going out there just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it's a different what, kind what of. What they say about playing with a dog? You lick your mouth. Lick, right? lick your I face. think you done got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, but it's like what it, in in a, in a relationship. So when you're saying that God needs to be the center, I would take that as both people need to believe the same thing is right because if I believe that one, you know, something different than what my husband yeah. believes, then then you come into this position to where it's like, well, both of us are feel that we're right. You know what I mean? So it's like, how important is it that both of you are on the same page, or both of you are pretty much serving the same God, the same ideals? But the Bible says you shouldn't be unequal. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and that's very, very important because, like you, that's a very valid point you make. But the thing about it is, you, 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 both of you put God in the proper place in your life. In first place, okay, God is the head of my life. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that both of you have to do. And then the fact that how God reveals himself to you is how you think about God. But the first thing is that, okay, if God speaks to me, I'm going to say, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. That's the concept that you have to have. If Correct. It's to get along. Regardless of what he say, if he speaks to me and I know it's him, I'm going to do my best to obey what he say. That's putting God first. In other words, not you don't put ain't Nancy first or you don't put the preacher first. God is first. Right. right? And, and if, if he's first in your life and he's first in your spouse's life, then you've got a really, really good chance of coming to a meeting of the mind. Right. Yeah.
and I found I found that to be the case. You know, we were probably the oddest couple, and, and nobody in my family or anybody knows would ever thought we had a chance. Our marriage had a chance mm -hmm. because you know I was she was crazy and I was crazier. You know, well, oh, you yeah. know when we got you know, yeah. when we got together. I, yeah, when we got. I mean, you just know she wasn't crazy. She was always a good person, <laughs> but I was the crazy one. She just seemed real low key. Yeah, she, she always yeah. seemed low key. Yeah, and not to be funny, I feel like I'm a lot like you. Mm -hmm. Far as like when I like I said when I think about the way you were when I was growing up and I saw you, you like you said you all you always kind of radical and against mm -hmm. the grain. Mm -hmm. Not in a negative way. You just felt like if you can't explain to me why you want me to do this. I'm not gonna go that way. I'm right. gonna figure it out for myself, yeah, right. and I, then I'm gonna go that way. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, the, I'm the less hypocritical person you ever gonna see. I, feel I, the same. I don't. I don't think there's any enduring features of hypocrisy. I say that all the time. I don't know gained. how to sugarcoat right. nothing. There's right. nothing to be gained by pretending you're something that you're not. Right. Or believe pretending you believe something. That there's nothing to be gained. Even if I'm wrong, I'm gonna say this is what I believe. Now. I hope maybe if I'm wrong, you can help me to believe something else. Yeah. But the, the minute I say, okay, I believe you, A-Ray, that yeah. means that I've changed my mind. I really do believe you. Right. But I'm not going to say yes if the answer is no. Yeah, I'm not, and I advise anyone to yourself be true. Whatever it is you really, really believe, then maybe cause me some problem. you got to be willing to make a change yeah. if you believe to make mm -hmm. a change. But you, you don't go around saying yes when the answer is no. no. I know in, in the church we were affiliated with, we had people all the time talking, I'm blessed, I'm happy, and everything. Go home and cry themselves to crying yourself to sleep. Yeah. yeah, or you would have people who would give. The thing that used to trip me out was I was like, people are giving all of this money, mm -hmm. and I was in the church from Pampers till I was about nineteen mm -hmm. when I was able to just leave. And I remember being like, some of these people are in the same position that they were in from as early as I can remember it as a kid until I left the church. Mm -hmm. I could go there now, and I promise you, it's people that I'm living better than, and there's no reason why that should be. Mm -hmm. Well, and when you start talking about giving over, because people would hear my hear what I say and they think, well, he's saying that you shouldn't give money. Nobody no. gave more money than me in church. Yeah, no, that's true. We we spent all didn't we? Yeah. I mean, you know, if I, we and I believe as long as I believe in you the start right at thing, the hundred dollar yeah. part. As, as long mm -hmm. as I believe that that's what God wanted, yeah. God continued to bless. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and whenever I got to the point to where I realized God, let me tell you what God will do for you mm -hmm. if if you serve Him. God will say, do not give that person any money. Yeah. Now that I believe Because yeah. I've been to several Because I mean I go Okay I do go to church mm -hmm. I go to church I don't I mean not on a regular basis I probably haven't been in about a month mm -hmm. But for the most part I go to church mm -hmm. But I have been to some And they'll give And I'm like Some just don't feel right some And I'm just right not either. going to mm -hmm. But if I'm at a church And I want to give mm -hmm. Then I do yeah. But that's because That's that's how I, yeah. that's how I feel yeah, yeah, But yeah. it's like I, I don't feel that I have to no. give Wherever I go yeah. God mm -hmm. tells us Not to give uh, under uh, right yeah. under yeah. compulsion. Yeah. I know that one. Yeah. God likes a cheerful giver. He likes a cheerful giver. Yeah, what's that usually mean in churches? They want you to smile when you come yeah. on. They want you to come on, just yeah. smile when you do it. It made me think about uh, coming to America when they was passing that plate around, oh, yeah. and he put the chicken bone in there, and he was like, "Hey, man, he said, put some. Uh, you got to put some money in there." He said, "Oh, I thought it was a trash." Like, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man But I just I'm, I'm the same way And I remember going to one church And it, it The thing that I loved about the church Is actually it was Antioch Baptist Church And I think I said this last week where, When it was time to give an offering I think when I joined the church It was on the Sunday Where they were like It's tithe time And he was like If you don't have Oh wow The 10% Excuse me I know <laughs> I'm tired man When he don't have the 10% They was like Give five Three Two He's like Whatever God lays on your heart That you have If you don't have 10%. You can't give 10%. But like we know, we would have people literally giving their last. And it's like, how are you going to eat? Yeah. You know, like if I got $100, 
Well, let's just say if my check fifteen hundred, I got to give you one fifty. Well, mm-hmm. after I paid all my bills, if all I got is two fifty, you ain't getting one fifty from me. Oh yeah, you may get a couple of dollars. I'm gonna get the crumpled bucks. ones. You gonna get? Tw- I ain't giving that twenty dollars. Gas is crazy. <laughs> but that was in Texas, Canada. Yeah. Well, you know, you all don't. Know, y'all don't want to know what I think about that. Okay, it's, I do. It's know. amazing that nobody asked, asked me because my answer would probably surprise you. I, I've never been a tither. Hey, I, that's all right with me. You know, I, hey, I, let me repeat that again. <laughs> that is all right with me because the church ain't going nowhere. No, I've never yeah. been a tither. I, now I've given sufficient amount. Yeah, yes. Where we, you have. As far as I'm concerned, uh, that. Well, I shouldn't be saying this. Hey, I really, you, I really shouldn't. Be. Well, yeah. tell whisper it in my ear, and I say, <laughs> uh, I, I just don't think it's biblical for for the for the New Testament church. I don't see anywhere in the New Testament that Jesus told us to tithe. It's that mm-hmm. simple. First of all, salvation is a free gift. Anytime you tithe, it makes you feel like you're entitled to something. Mm-hmm. And that waters down with the blood of Jesus. You know how many people do that? Because one church my mom went to here, mm-hmm. I can't, I don't know the name, but she was saying that she hadn't paid tithes in a couple months because she had hit a rough patch. Mm-hmm. And I remember she said that she had got an email or something about them saying that they were going to take her name mm-hmm. off of something mm-hmm. on the church, like the roll or something, because she hadn't paid in a couple months. What? I said, they, well, uh, that church, mm-hmm. without I saying never, the word. Yeah, but I have but never But she got that email, and I, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. She told me that. I said, nah, you got to let that one go then. Let them have it. Yeah. Sink or swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that's pretty. I would, yeah, I wouldn't go to a church like that because, yeah. like, the churches that I've, okay, I go to Concord, I go to the Potter's House, and I've gone to. Uh, I went to a new church last week, and I'm kind of on the fence about you just it. Got a starting five, huh? But um, no, my <laughs> <laughs> got a lot. My mama, <laughs> no, listen, my mama goes to the Potter's House, so oh, of course, okay. when I go you to go church with her, yeah. I'll go with yeah, her. I, I go to Concord. <laughs> <laughs> I go to Concord, but I was, no, I was point. looking for. Got, uh, I was looking for a church to go to Bible study because I want to just go to Bible study on Wednesday. Yeah. So I'm looking. For, I was looking for a church in the neighborhood because I don't want. I mean, be yeah, honest. I don't want to drive, drive across town. Yeah, that's true. On you know, after I didn't got off of work, drove past. I want to find yeah. something in the neighborhood. So anyway, that church is still on a limb because he was just saying some crazy. He he was just saying some crazy. Bible stuff. study. I'm just so like I'm so turned off by going, not because of the message or because of God. We just went so much as kids. Mm-hmm. Like, Mac, no. Like, Sunday morning. I mean, you got to be there for Bible class. Mm-hmm. Then you got church. Then you get a couple hours off. You got to come back. Mm-hmm. Then you got to come back for rehearsal on Tuesday. Then you got church on Wednesday. Then you may have rehearsal on Thursday. If you're singing in the youth choir, you may have to travel somewhere, get out of school early, sing on Friday, drive back. Then you got church on Saturday, and it repeats itself again. I am churched out. I bet you, I bet you we went to church an average of five days a week. Yeah, and I did that for fifteen years, for thirteen years, and I did it for nineteen. No, Pamphlet see, I would go Pamphlet. on Sunday. We had Sunday school service, and then Wednesday for BYPU, and then if it was our Sunday to sing in the choir, yeah. then we had a rehearsal on Saturday. So the max was maybe three times. Well, a week. my mama would tell us we didn't have to go back Sunday night. I want. I, I don't know what. I, I don't even know how happy I was. No, you feel like you know. <laughs> I wanted to say something derogatory, but I just like I, when she would say, "I ain't, we ain't got to go back." I was like, "Cool." And then, like, not to be funny, like they didn't like to like to be able to not like not being able to play sports and having to sneak to play sports. I didn't. And, understand, I don't understand that. It was just it just wasn't none. Because wasn't now, none even, even though I was going to church, because okay, so I would say after my parents got divorced, then. We did go to church more often because that's where mom lived. Yeah. She was like at church all the time, but it was fun to me because like mm-hmm. you know the kids would do other stuff and we would you know we would be somewhere else. But um, lost my train of thought again. 
Damn. See, that, see, see, see where it stems from, man. <laughs> Anytime you listen to this podcast, if I have a brain fart, it's because of her. <laughs> but I, I'm, and well, I hope it ain't contagious. Cause yeah, <laughs> I don't need no help. Oh <laughs> gosh! But I know I, I think there's a lot of good things with church. You know, a lot of people hear me talk about church nowadays, and they just, you know, they be like, "Oh man, you just you know what? What, what, what I recommend, uh, a Ray, is that a person really seek a relationship with God. Yeah. That's what I do. And you do that from the heart. Yeah. You say to I God. I agree with that. Yeah, you say to God, look, God, I want to know you better. Yeah. That's really my, do. yeah. You know, I, there's a lot of things I don't understand. Or in your case, you might say, God, I'm kind of mad at you. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you really are. Because, I mean, if that's the way you feel, feel about yeah. it. If you feel that way. And, and we were talking a moment ago. You was talking a moment ago. I know what I wanted to get in. You talked about get on your knees and pray and everything. You know how I pray to God? I say, man, I need to talk to you. I do the same thing. I do in it the now. car. That, that's yeah. how I do it now. I just mean, wherever I'm in the car. Yeah, yeah, wherever, yeah. God talks back to me. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you, for instance, I got a place in my house. After I turn all the t- uh, television and stuff off and start back to my bedroom, I got a couch in the living room where I, I usually get on my knees right at the edge of the couch mm-hmm. there and, and pray a little while before I go to bed. And I had this one thing I've been dealing with, me and God, me and God had been dealing with, and he said, uh, he told me, he communicated to me, he said, man, I got this. I mean, th- he said it just like that. And that yeah. turned on, he said, I got this. And when he said it, it communicated to me what God is saying, hey, don't worry about every aspect of this, I got you covered. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the way he said it. Yeah. And that's the way I understood and, it. Yeah. So at that time, when he said that, I was 100% sure that everything's going to work all right because God had told me he got this. Okay, let me tell you what happened. Two weeks, <laughs> two or three le- weeks later, while I'm waiting on this thing to eventually, mm-hmm. it hadn't come by. And I'm starting to get a little antsy, you know, because God told me he got it. So I was getting ready to go to bed that night. I turned the television off and I started by my little prayer place and I started talking to God before I get on my knees. So I, I was going around the edge of the couch. I said, God, I need to talk to you about so and so. God said, I don't want to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Look, I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed and I don't want to talk about it. Because God was kind of P.O. Yeah, I could tell. He had kind of a little answer. He said, I don't want to talk to you about that. He said, I told you I got that. He said, Not only did I tell you that, but you knew what I meant when I said it. I mm-hmm. communicated to you and you got it. He said, now it's a matter of whether you believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I done done everything I can do in this regard. He said, I got that and I done told you it ain't nothing I can tell you beyond that. You know what I did? I didn't even pray. I went on. Yeah. I, <laughs> I felt kind of bad, but that's the kind of relationship yeah. I have with God. Now I talk to him all the time. Hey, I need to talk to you about yeah. what, What's up with this? Yeah. You know, and when I have a bad thought or when I do something that I know I shouldn't, I'm going to put that all day long, whatever situation is, I got that running relationship, communication with God, which is a good thing. God mm-hmm. is looking to uh, to engage you in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You want to be that in your life. You know? I agree. And with you that. don't have to say, "Yay, thus says the Lord." Well, to yeah. get attention. It's mm-hmm. so funny because I always think about like when I look at how people, like movie stars and actors and rappers and stuff like that, and I'm like, you know, they doing some of the most sinful things, if you will, mm-hmm. smoking weed, sleeping with a lot of women, whatever the case may be, doing mm-hmm. drugs. But they always give glory to God, mm-hmm. thanks to God, mm-hmm. thank God, blah 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 blah. And I'm like, how? You know, and a lot of times I've heard people, you know, church people, like, how are they successful mm-hmm. doing what they do, saying, still giving thanks to God, but doing all of these wrong things? And I, you know, have you ever sat back and thought, like, how are they so successful? Well, I think I was saying God don't have no calculator. You're one sin is just as bad as their hundred. Right. I mean, and too, I always, I always, this is, this is what I think. Yeah. You don't ever know what a person is going through behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. So, so although they're, you know, they're giving all the, getting all these blessings that we can see mm-hmm. and all this money and cars and fame, blah, blah. You don't know if, you know, their mama got cancer or like, you know, their kids can't walk or yeah. like, cause I'm always surprised. Like when I learned that celebrities like, you know, the guy from uh, the game, he played Derwin. 
Yeah, I know. He has a daughter who's like disabled. She has like Bell's palsy or something like that. I don't know. But to to so I I don't ever try to be like, well, he shouldn't be thanking God because he cursing or he's smoking or whatever. Because I don't know what's going on in your heart. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I don't know if you in these big old mansions by yourself, lonely and crying. Right. So it's just like just because you're you're you have all these tangible things doesn't mean anything for your salvation or for your soul. So it's like when people say things like that. I feel like that's uh, Because my thing is like I can look at you And feel like you're successful But I don't know what's going on In your personal life I tell people that all the time Like some people Come to me and they'll be like You know they just think the world of me And I'm like Hey I appreciate that But in my mind I'm like It ain't easy You have no this. idea You have no idea What yeah, it is to all, put all, all this stuff together We all got our fights yeah. Right, right. And everybody I don't care where you are Because Jesus said Like he said He said in this world You're going to be persecuted yeah. mm-hmm. if, if you're good If you're not good Or whatever the situation is It's inherent In the, in the system of things That bad things Will happen to us mm-hmm. All of us going to get sick All of us going to have things <laughs> And that kind of And But God deals with the heart He deals with who we are On the inside Not the, I tell people all the time This is not who you are yeah. This is whether you that live that you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the real person is on the inside yeah. of here. Because this mm-hmm. is going to die. And this is not, so I don't care if, if this lives in a mansion in Beverly Hill or it lived down in, in somewhere in the lowest part of Virginia or something yeah. like that. It's still the same. Everything right. is still the same. And, and all of us are looking, uh, A-Ray, for self-actualization. That's what we're looking for. We came out of heaven with a dharma to be fulfilled. In other words, this is who you are, and you're trying to get back to that particular place. God says, aha. I know what it takes to get you there. Mm-hmm. You don't, but I do. Yeah. If you follow my instructions, if you be honest with yourself, if you submit and surrender yourself to me, I can get you back to that place where it's unique to your, who you are. Right. So, so what, what we do is we yeah. give him the authority to do that in our lives and let him do, follow his instructions. So what do you say, because I always have to you know, throw sex in here, about sex before marriage. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, me personally, I ain't married if I ain't I mean, I got to open up that can of oodles and noodles and see if it's spicy. Right? What do I say about that? Yeah, I mean, like. I ain't said nothing about it. Oodles. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't said a word about it. You know, I don't have to answer that because I'm married. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's not clear. I don't have to worry about it. You know, I talked to my mom. What do I tell you about it? Yeah. I ain't going to tell you nothing about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I be telling my mom, you know, I be talking to my mom and I'm like, Ma, I know, you know. I know you're doing this church thing, but I'm like, these days, I don't know if you're going to be able to get no brother to just commit without giving him something. This is my mama. Mm-hmm. And my mom's, a, and, I, and the thing about me, and I know my mom is probably listening. You all be shaming I love my mom. I love my mom so much, man. And like, one thing about my mom and Mac, you notice, like, she's a good woman, man. Mm-hmm. She's a really good woman. And, and the thing that breaks my heart is like, she, since my dad has left, she's dated, you know, and she's, you know, had relationships. But she hasn't gotten to that point where she, you know, she longs to be married or at least she's even she's even getting to the point where she's like, I would be okay with having a partner and being in a relationship with a partner long term. And and that's all fine. But I know that's not what she really wants. Mm -hmm. I know she wants marriage and she deserves marriage. And, and, And for me, I just think it's hard because it's like you have a woman. It seems like women with substance, they are the ones that are losing these days. Men with substance are the ones that are losing these days. And I always try to have some kind of encouraging word for my mom because I'm just like, I'm always looking after my mom. And I I pray to God all the time. And I I said it two years ago, and maybe it's why I've struggled so much. But I remember praying to him one day and I said, God, you can make me struggle as much as you want to make me struggle as long as you send my mom somebody. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I was just like, there's no way the mom I know that she should be by herself. Somebody I've never heard curse. Somebody, I know she's done wrong things, but like yeah. I said on the podcast with my brother on last week, she is the first person to admit when she's wrong. Mm-hmm. 
But for somebody so good, it's it's like how is she not with somebody? How is she not married? And I'll tell I'll even tell her story when she was with the last guy she was with for about three and a half years, and she she wanted to marry him, and he wasn't really sure about marriage, and she helped him find a house, and he got the house. And then he wanted her to move in, and she was still with her, you know, in her convictions with God and church. And she's just like, I just don't think you should shack before you get married. And she's like, I'll stay the night sometimes. I'll come over, you know, probably even we're intimate. And she was like, but I can't give you all of these things right. without me getting anything that I want out of this. Right. And it ended up, long story short, they ended up not working out. And it was like months later, he ended up getting with somebody he used to date years ago, and they got married. And I'm like, how to, excuse my language, fuck. Did that happen? How is somebody as good as my mom? You know what I'm saying? And I just be like, what do you say? Like, because she always tries to still stick to her spirit and what guides her and what leads her. And I'm like, at the end of the day, sometimes I'm like, is that why she's losing? Or is it just not her time yet? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, I personally, maybe I'm too, I try to be op- optimistic like all the time. Yeah, I so I always try to say, well, <laughs> it must be something that I just didn't see that, yeah. you know, that. Is being kept for me Because I just don't feel like Just like how you were saying before It's just like If he was the If he was the one for her Then I feel like They would have been together Yeah But it, maybe he He might be Who knows He might be Dragging that woman That he with You know That would have been bad for him right, But you know Yeah I get what you're saying You know what I'm saying you too right, <laughs> Yeah because right. I be in jail Right <laughs> Right I know where you're going Yeah I know Because <laughs> I never forget Like when go back To talking about When he got shot I remember like Because like I said He mentored all of us mm-hmm. And I remember getting the calls And all of us was like Hey let's get Let's get in the car And it. let's find Whoever these dudes are And I remember his son calling. He's like That's not going to help Anything but mm-hmm. we were all like me, Bo, my brother, John, Jeremy, Paul, Eric, Court. Like, we all was like, let's go find these dudes. Texas ain't that big. We can find out who, yeah. who, 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 did, who did this yeah. and take care of that. Let, 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 me, let me say a little bit here, just in the preachy mode. First thing you have to understand about God in the overall picture is that man has to live by trusting God because yeah. God sees, sees things that we don't see. He yeah. takes mm-hmm. it like, like you just said. For mm-hmm. example, you don't know who this guy is. This guy could be a, a right. serial killer. Yeah. Right. You really don't know. And what we think, look, how many times have you ever thought something was good and it turned out not to be good? Right. Uh, many times. 99.9%. That's what I'm saying. So it's not an uh, unusual thing for that yeah. to happen. We can think, okay, this could be so good and it could be the worst thing in the world for us. Right. So what we have to do, we've got to realize, like I said to begin with, that this is an imperfect world we live in. And if happiness is going to be based on what happened to us down here in this incarnation, then all of us are going to be miserable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to let God be God in your life. And I know it's harder for some people than it is for other mm-hmm. people. I mean, you see, like, talking about your mom, for example. Yeah, everybody would like for her to have a husband. I would yeah. love for her to have a husband, whatever. But I've got to believe that the God that I really believe and trust, he's taking note of this. Yeah. Right. You know? And we have got an eternity to live. Yeah. That's what you have to realize. And let me, let me tell you about bad things and good things, how interconnected and interrelated they are. You never really can know what's good until you find out what's bad. Yeah. You've got to experience the bad thing because good is directly related. Good is the flip side of bad. Let me tell you a little story. My wife and I, when, when we first got married, we moved to Ohio for about a year. That was the worst time of our life. Man, I mean, we was poor. No, we weren't mm-hmm. poor. We was poor. P-O-E. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have nothing. Times were hard. I can remember once we were so hungry. We had, uh, we had a neighbor downstairs that went fishing, and we were sitting at the house waiting for him to get back just to see if he had the fish so we could have something. I mean, we was hungry. Yeah. We lived up on a, a slippery hill on Spring Mill Street. 
but God blessed us where we are now, for example. And sometimes we sit up there and we think about the bad times. We often talk about those situations when we're hungry and everything. Yeah. And somehow, in a, in a kind of a perverse way, we get more joy when we think about how bad things mm -hmm. were. You know, in mm -hmm. other words, if we didn't have something to play off of, the good times wouldn't be as good. good. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. So when you, when you start to think about this 50 years or 60 years or whatever that mm -hmm. the Romania may go through without a man, and, and just think about what's going to happen to her when she, when she get one, right? Well, when she crosses on the other side, she'll have all of this to look back on and play off of. Yeah. So what we have to do in all things that I don't have an answer to, I always tell people, you just got to let God yeah, be God. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's where you really, really mm -hmm. need to believe in God. It's when, it, when the situation overwhelms you and it's no logic involved and it makes no sense at all, you have to say, nevertheless, I, I still believe God is God. But it's right. so crazy about the being poor thing because I remember uh, me and my mom was having a conversation not too long ago, and she was like, I remember times that, you know, we didn't have enough to where I would feed you and your brother and I wouldn't eat. Mm -hmm. And I remember times that she would make, I remember one time she made um, some sweet potatoes and you know, like in the country you make the sweet potatoes and it still got the syrup and all of that. Mm -hmm. So like, mm -hmm. we, like when, when that was gone, we had nothing. Mm -hmm. And I remember me and my brother would just get like white bread and like dip it in there and eat it. Mm -hmm. Like, at, like that was a delicacy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like to think about certain things to where even times that it's been times now where I'm like in an apartment and I've been in my apartment and I'm looking and I'm like, I ain't got nothing to eat, but it's noodles in there. Yeah, and stuff. Oh in yeah, there. yeah, yeah. But you like, don't want to yeah, eat. Yeah, you like I ain't got nothing to eat. You do got something. Oh, to eat. You, you know, what, and that's so funny yeah. that you said that because my granny's here this week for my cousin's graduation, and so she was at my mom's house, and my mom had made some chicken, but it was just chicken, yeah. and so my stepdad was like, I ate it with some crackers. So my granny was like, Wait. So my mom gave me some money, and she was like, Just go to Boston Market and you know get some sides. Yeah. So then my granny calls me because I dropped my mom off somewhere, and she comes like. Don't don't get them sides. Just come back to the house. I yeah. was like, okay. Why I got back to the house? She had cooked some ramen noodles, and put the put this chicken in these ramen noodles, and then took like the the garlic sauce that yeah. you get from Papa John's Pizza that was in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> that made a gourmet meal. I think. Did I tell you? <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> I was like, I said, great, I could have just, just got some sides from Boston Market. She was like, mm -mm, you need to do that. Save them dollars. I'm not waiting on that. that. She had cut up a, a cabbage. That cabbage done like in, I don't know, half a long cabbage tape. Yeah. She put that garlic stuff on the cabbage too. I was like, how did you even make it this stretch? <laughs> but you know what? That's the thing that I realized too. I was like, since I've been here from Texarkana, I've lost some of my country instinct. Yes. And sometimes you forget. And and you be like How to make do How to make do And how you realize That you don't even need All this stuff yeah. I was talking to somebody other day And I said one thing That I'm gonna stop doing Starting now Is buying all these clothes I was looking through pictures From the podcast And I was like Since we've been doing this podcast I've not worn the, the same, same thing twice The same And you either I looked at your stuff too And I was like I have not worn the same thing twice And it's times I get on RTs And I'm like You just wore that two weeks ago And she's like Okay but I know she's good. Like she's mm -hmm. comfortable. It's something yeah. that she's comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Her her thing is. You say two weeks ago, like you can't do laundry. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she'll be all right. right. <laughs> as much as she talk about, I got it. And I ain't got to impress nobody. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's the thing about it. And it's like I'm still learning little things like that from her. To where it's like, you know what? You don't have to impress nobody. Like we went to California. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to buy some more out there. And I'm like, these people ain't never seen me. Yeah. What I have is good enough. Mm -hmm. And it's like. You think about it and you like, I'm losing things that the country taught me and the country teaches you how to have morale and, 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 and not to be funny, like not let's be real. Everything that the podcast has went through, you're here. Oh, right. I grew up with you. Mm -hmm. Everybody else that was here ain't been here. 
ain't tried to be here, ain't called, ain't showed up, yeah. ain't checked to see if you need anything, yeah. but you here. And we came from the same uh, cloth. We're cut from the same cloth. And that's what the country teaches you. It oh, teaches yeah. you loyalty. It teaches you morale, humility. And, and, me and, and, and when the whole thing went up in the air, me and Gabrielle had disputes about how to do things. But we were able to text, and we text for a little while, and then to make sure we weren't having misunderstandings. I picked up the phone and called her mm-hmm. one time. She picked up, like we worked it out. Mm-hmm. And we had, uh, I don't know if it was on this podcast, or I think I did the little podcast during the week, and we were talking about friendships and how, as kids, kids, they can talk about things that they don't like. Like you could be a kid, oh, and yeah. somebody, if I take your toy, it'd be like, I'm not your friend anymore. But as adults, if something rubs us the wrong way, we don't oh, even yeah. talk to each other about it. Oh, we yeah. just let it go. Mm-hmm. And even though that may be a great friendship that could have flourished into something else, we let it go. We don't even care enough to say, hey, I was wrong, or hey, man, you did something and it rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand why that is. Well, you, you grow out of it. As a matter of fact, like I said, you, other things get to be important. You know, yeah. but, but like, you live a basic life or a more basic life when you live in the country. Yeah. I, unfortunately, for a lot of us, when I, when I was a kid, it was about survival. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't about having the things that you needed. needed I mean, yeah. you wanted. Yeah. It was about having things you that you needed. needed yeah. you know? And like your grandmother, you know, she could throw together stuff, you know. It's uh, so crazy. It's like MacGyver in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that show. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> what you say? Wait, noodles and what you say? It was so delicious, though. Papa she garlic she had, yes. It was some Raymond noodles. Of course, the broth from the chicken yeah. that my mom had already made, mm-hmm. the the chicken, and then like uh, she had put some, of course, some seasonings on it too, and then the the little cup of garlic yeah. that you get from Papa John's, mm-hmm. she put that in there, put that on the cabbage, and it was. I ain't gonna lie, I would have walked back in the house and I'd have been like, all right, I'll be right back. I'm just gonna yeah. run here. No, but see, this is the thing though. Bread. But this is not the first time, of course. Yeah, so you nice. wouldn't have so because you know, you, yeah. you already know well, like, oh, she's, she's fixing to throw something yeah. together yeah. and this is fixing to be delicious. Yeah. And if I ever try to duplicate it, it's gonna be disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be disgusting. But she's just like you were saying, like yeah. being in the country. You really don't. Call my wife and see if she can make but she was talking cabin. to me the other day and she was she was talking to me and my son my son's 10 and she was like you know I don't know what's going to happen like, this generation is going to perish and you know Cameron is like what are you talking about I don't understand and then so I went to her to, she was in my mom's house so I come up, I came over there and I brought a pair of pants with me because I was getting ready to go out and yeah. she's like why you got those pants I was like I need to iron them and I don't have an ironing board she's like you got to iron them don't you right I was like yeah she's like this is what I'm talking about you could have put a towel on the bed and then just iron the pants I said but green I was already coming over here so I can just you she was yeah. like, no, you don't. I, said, I do know what to do. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like getting defensive. Like, no, I, I get it. I get it. I can do it. But I mean, I didn't need to. Like, I like the dryer didn't work. You could have put a line out there on the back and uh, hung them clothes out. Granny, I'm not doing a line. I'm not doing a clothesline. But you know what? But in these days, they don't even have that much room in between houses for you to even hang a clothesline like they did back in the day. I don't day. have two trees. Like, That's very true. <laughs> How are you going to feel? I don't know. She will, she will hang it. Like, she has a line still hanging. Over her washing and dryer in the house, mm-hmm. so it's not like oh, don't try to tell her something can't happen because yeah, she can make it happen. It can happen. <laughs> when, you know when Texas Canada had the ice storm uh, oh, years yeah. ago, yeah. she made a whole pot of chili outside. <laughs> she had Ow. propane. Oh, she had the because she has she don't I thought she, she had part of the Indian fire. No, <laughs> no, she had a propane tank outside. Then she took like the snow and like boiled the water, and I yeah, don't yeah. know. She made a whole pot of chicken. I, miss, I, I bet yeah. you're going to tell me it was delicious. It was delicious. <laughs> That's the end game. <laughs> it was delicious. So we all. You, you get hungry quite often. <laughs> she is a eater. 
She is the <laughs> She is the eater. So we only got a few minutes left. Um, Gabrielle, tell them where they can find you at on social media. Um, on oh, you be proud. On Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram, I am naturally underscore G E E three E. She synchronized it all together. It's called Brandy. And I know I was taught yeah, exactly. by our administrative <laughs> consultant. <laughs> and you can find Mac. He writes uh he writes a blog and it's uh religionchallenged.com and it looks like you write every month, right? Yeah, I've been writing a little bit more often than that, but I hadn't written one yeah, every month. Every month. So are, I know you're not on any social media. No, no, no. So they can keep up with you. I'm not or, very social. <laughs> so they can keep up with you on reality, uh, reality, religionchallenge.com. And you can keep up with us. The reality is, you can follow us on the reality is. Uh, well, you can keep in touch with us on the reality is.com. That's www.thatherealityis.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Anchor, Snapchat, all the reality is.com. You can find me on social media at Anthony Roberts or Sir Robert Poe on uh, Instagram. And, uh, man. We glad to have you know come out. We got to do this again. Got a pleasure. And Gabrielle, thanks for showing up. Always. What is that? What are you doing? I'm just putting my cloth back. Probably, probably my <laughs> <laughs> what is that she, your grandmother used? She probably got some garlic. <laughs> <laughs> my seasoning pack yeah. <laughs> back in my purse. Hey, we, we about to eat a napkin here, man. <laughs> And I want to thank Artesia again for coming out. If you want to read some of her great writings, uh, you can follow her at noartesia.com. That's K-N-O-W-A-R-T-E-S-I-A. Also, if you need an administrative consultant, somebody to help you plan something, reach out to her at info at noartesia.com. I want to thank Professor Kenton Ramsey of the University of Texas at Arlington for coming in the studio, helping us with photography today. You can follow him on social media at K. It's K Ramsey. All right, and you can follow him at K Ramsey um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, Kenton Ramsey. And you need to check him out. Go to uta.edu. He is uh, doing a class. He did a class this past semester, um, and he basically implemented Jay Z's strategic business plan into his. Can you uh, take classroom. that if you're not a student there? Okay. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, he's been uh, you know channel. I think channel eight or channel eleven did a, a story on him. So very very accomplished young man, man. But like we always tell you, man, we'll be back next week in the studio. Next week we should have a couple of other guests as well. We'll keep you posted throughout the week. And always remember, inhale courage to excel success. And we'll catch you guys later. She like music. She from Houston, like Auntie Yance. Man, my daughter couldn't have a better mother if she ever find another. He better love her. Man, I swear my life is perfect. I can merge it. If I die, I'll probably cry in my own service. You know, stop eating that ice. So I had a good time to pie. I had I had a good time on the show today. I mean, having uh, I'm gonna call him Brother Mac because that's what I called him. But what were your thoughts about Mac in the studio today? I enjoyed the show. I thought it was um, a good balance of religion, but not too churchy. I was trying not to cuss. I couldn't help it, but I only said about a couple of cuss words, but he allowed it. He said it was okay. He gave me a phone call before and he said, be who you are. I don't want you to sugarcoat yourself. Get your Bill Maher on his exact words. And that's what made it good. Like I said, it was a good balance. Did you feel like he was in church at one point? Um, I think at one point it did kind of feel like he was bringing a sermon, but it was like a good message. It wasn't something that was crazy. It wasn't like too churchy. So would you tell somebody to listen to the podcast? Of course. What would you take from the podcast yourself? 
Just how he was talking about getting to know God for yourself. I think that's most important. Do you feel like that's if you didn't want to talk to God or be a religious yeah, person, he, he would have converted you? I'm just being honest. <laughs> would he have convert, converted you? If I was in that position, then yes, he would have. So you are saved, is what you're saying? Oh, yes, I'm saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, see, no, you got to say saved, sanctified, <laughs> and filled with the precious Holy Ghost. Is that your? Is well, that what you say? You is, have to say by the church's standards, but by my standards, I can say what I want to say. That's what I learned today. That's what you learned today. That's what I learned today. All right. Well, hey, Mac, we appreciate you, man. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's The Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.